Shalom to all. Today's office condition of Yurches, and we are starting the 10th line with the words Tan Rabbanon, and today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Mirim Sar, Basb Yaakov, Moshe, Her Nishama should have an Uliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yasef Yantif, Ben Asher Anchal, his Nishama should have an Uliyah. And the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanon, we have a Brisa. Yash Be'evri, She'en Be'evriya, Yash Be'evriya, She'en Be'evri. There are things that apply to an Evid Evri that do not apply to an Amma Evriya, and there are things that apply to an Amma Evriya that do not apply to an Evid Evri. Yash Be'evri, what applies to an Evid Evri? Shu Yatsa Bishanim, Ubiyavel, Misa Adain, he goes free with six years of service, or with Yaival, or when his master dies, but that does not apply to an Amma Evriya. Something applies to an Amma Evriya, Shire Evriya Yatsubisimanim, and Amma Evriya, she goes free when she brings Simanim, Fainim Karas Vinishness, she cannot be sold and then again, and we can redeem her against his will, whereas this does not apply to an Evid Evri. And now the Gemara is going to explain this Brahsa piece by piece. Amar Marwi just stated, Yashba Evri Shame Evriya, that there are certain things that apply to an Evid Evri that don't apply to an Amma Evriya. But for a minute, I'll ask you a stira. Our Mishnah says, that an Amma Evriya has something over an Evid Evri that she could acquire herself with Simanim, and it's very clear from the Mishnah that she has a one-up over him, meaning everything that applies to the Evid Evri applies to the Amma Evriya, and she just has an extra benefit that she leaves with Simanim, but she does leave with Shanim and Yevil and Mises Adain, Sakharab Rais to say that she doesn't. So Rosheshes, Rosheshes answers, referring to where her master did Yiud, which means he married her, and we're going to discuss Yiud at greater length today and tomorrow, and since he married her, now she's not going to go free with all these things and Evid Evri goes free with. The Gemara asks Yada, Pshita, it's obvious if he was married her, of course she's not going to go free with this. Gitabaya, she needs a regular get. She's like his wife. The answer is no, we still need the Brasa to tell us this because Malatema, you might have thought that we should not be mavatal her halacha from her, and even though her master was miyayed her, she would still go free after years or after yaival. Kamashmal, the chedesh is that since he married her, she's not going to go free with one of these things. Ask the Gemari Hachi, if so, Amaya to be Simanim. So why does the Brasa say that she goes free with Simanim? She's married to him, why should she go free then? So the Gemara says no, Hachi, come this is what the Brasa is saying. If he did not do yir to her, so then Yaitza, after Simanim, she's going to go free even with Simanim, meaning she's going to go free with all the things mentioned by Evid Evri and also with Simanim. Now the Brass had said, she's not sold once and then again. The Gemara says, that's Mashma that Evid Evri could be sold once and then sold again. But after that, we have a Brass that says, he sold when he stole something and can't pay it back. What do we learn from here? He's not sold if he can't pay the Kefel. We know that a Ganev has to pay Kefel double that which he stole. Now let's say this Ganev can pay what he stole, he could pay the principal, but he can't pay the Kefel. We're not going to sell him. That's the Pasuk telling us by saying, Big Nevasai, only for what he stole, he's going to be sold, but not for the Kefel. Furthermore, Big Nevasai, he's all going to be sold for what he stole, Valaibas Mamai, not if he was an Eidzaimim. What's Eidzaimim? So this is a special din. If Adim tried to get a punishment placed on one person, and it turns out that they can't give Eidus on this because they were in a different place when it happened, so they're Adim Zaimin, and they get that punishment that they tried to place onto that person. So if they said that Reuben stole $100 from Shemin, and it turns out that they were in a different place, they would have to pay that $100. And if they can't pay that $100, they're not going to be sold. And lastly, the Pazik tells us, since he was sold once, you can't sell him again. But it's Master Firm Bride, so that he could be sold again. Number of Rav answers like, Hashra is not a question. Once talking about one Gneva, once talking about two Gnevas. If he stole once and his sale price isn't enough to pay for that Gneva, we're not going to sell him again after he finishes his first set of servitude in order for him to pay the remainder amount. But if he stole twice, so then we'll sell him separately for each Gneva. Now, Rabbi asked him, how could you say that? When it says in the Pazik, it's mashma many Gnevas. And that tells us that even if he stole many times, as long as they paskined his din that he has to pay back for all these Gnevas at one time, he would only be sold one time, not multiple times. So Rabbi Abai answers differently. Like Kash, there's no stira. One's talking about one person. If he stole from one person, even if he stole from him multiple times, he'll only be sold once for that. But Abai is talking about where he stole from multiple people, so then he's going to be sold multiple times. And we continue talking about this. Let's say he stole something worth a thousand, but he's only worth 500 on the slave market. 
Nimkar, because of Nimkar, he's going to be sold once for 500, and then after he finishes his six years, he's going to be sold again for 500 in order to pay back the thousand. However, Gnevin Chamesh Meis Veshava Elef, let's say he stole something worth 500 and he's worth a thousand in a Nimkar Klal, he's not going to be sold at all. Whereas Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says, If what he stole is worth the amount that he's worth, so then he's going to be sold. Vimlav, if not in a Nimkar, he's not going to be sold. It doesn't make a difference if he stole more than he's worth or less than he's worth. And Amr Rav, Rav says, Over here, Rabbi Lezer was over the Rabbanon, meaning he's more logical than Rabbanon and he wins. The Mayashna Gnevei Chamesh Meis Veshava Elef Dein Nimkar. Why would there be a difference between him stealing five hundred, but he's actually worth a thousand? He's not going to be sold for half the time, even according to the Chachamim. And why would that be the Nimkar Kula Am Rachman of Leichatzyai when the Torah says Nimkar that he sold? It's Mashma that his entirety has to be sold for the amount that he stole, and we're not just going to sell half of him. And if he's worth a thousand and only stole five hundred, so it's like we're selling half of him. Well, Achinami, so too also Nimkar Begnevasa Am Rachmano. The Torah says he sold for his Gneva Vlo Nimkar Bechatzy Gnevasai, and he's not sold for half of his Gneva. So if he stole a thousand. And he's worth 500. Also, we're not going to sell him twice. We're only allowed to sell him if he's worth the same exact amount that his Geneva was. So we can explain our Bryce. So we said, we could redeem an Amma Ivriya against his will. Now, the question is, against whose will? Against her master's will or against her father's will? So, it's against her master's will. So, I asked him, what is this? Meaning, what's the Chidish over here in the Bryce? The Bryce said that this is something that applies to an Amma Ivriya that does not apply to an Evid Ivri. But we know that we can redeem an Evid Ivri against his master's will. So, what does that mean over here that we're redeeming her against her master's will? That doesn't apply to an Evid Ivri. So maybe we'll suggest where the father's writing the master star for her value. He doesn't have the money to redeem her, so he's writing an IOU note to the master, and that's allowed to be done against the master's will. But Amai, why is that so? He's holding a pearl in his hand. He owns this Amai Ivri herself, and we're allowed to give him a piece of pottery, meaning an IOU note. How does that make sense? So Rabbi says, we're talking about redeeming her against her father's will, because it's a black mark on the family. It's not good for a family that she was sold as an Amai Ivri. So even though the father doesn't want to take her back into his house because he doesn't have enough money to support her. That's the reason why he sold her in the first place. Still, we're allowed to redeem her against the father's will. According to some, we even force the father to redeem her because of a Gamishbacha. The Gemara asks Yahachi, if that's really so, Evid Ivri Nami, even with Evid Ivri, we should force his relatives to redeem him because of a Gamishbacha. The Gemara answers that we're not going to do because Hadar Azal Mazmanavshe, he's just going to go and sell himself again, and it's just going to be a big circle where they redeem him and then he sells himself. Ask Gemara Hachanami, so to over here, Hadar Azal Mazmanla, after we redeem the daughter against the father's will, he's just going to sell her again. So Gemara says, no, Haktani, in Nimkar's Venishness, we just taught in the Brysa that she can't be sold twice. And Umani, Rab Shimon, he, this is a quote of Shimon. The time you have a Brysa, Meicher Adam is bitay le'ishos v'shayna, a person could sell his daughter for ishos, which really means he could just accept Kedushan for his daughter, and then he could do that again, which means if her husband dies or divorces her, and she's still considered a Ketana, he's allowed to marry her off again. Le'shifchos v'shayna, he could sell her for shifchos and do that again. If she got released while she's still a Ketana, he's allowed to sell her once again as a shifcha. Le'ishos achar shifchos, he's allowed to marry her off after he sold her, and she came back to him while she was still young. Avoloy l'shifchos achar ishos, but he's not allowed to sell her as a shifcha after he already married her off. If he married her off and her husband died or divorced her while she was still Tana, he's not allowed to sell her as a shifcha. However, Shimon and Shimon says Kashim chayin adam meichas bita l'shifchos achar ishos. The same way that Tanakam agrees that he can't sell his daughter as a shifcha after he already married her off. Kachin adam meichas bita l'shifchos achar shifchos. He can't sell her as a shifcha after he already sold her as a shifcha. And that's why our bris is going like. Now the Gemara just explains this machlekes between Tanakam and Reb Shimon who plucked the Hani Tanoi. Their machlekes is based off of the machlekes of the following Tanoi. The time you have a bris. The Pasuk says, And the Pasuk's telling us that the father's not allowed to sell her to an Am Nachri because why? Big Daiba. And that's the reason. Now the Machlech is going to be, what is this Big Daiba? What does that mean? on top. What does this mean? Since he spread his talus over her, her father's not allowed to sell her anymore. Rabbi Kiva, this is Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Rabbi Kiva's understanding this Lashon of Big Daiba as to mean Beged, as referring to the father marrying her off. And that means that her husband spread his talus over her. He married her. And so now that her husband either died or divorced her and she went back into her father's Rishos, her father's not 
one seller has a shifcha, and that's the opinion of the Tanakama, who argues with Reb Shimon. Whereas Reb Lezor, Reb Lezor says, what does this mean? Since he betrayed her, it's not a lashon of Begad, but it's a lashon of Bogad to betray. He's not allowed to sell her anymore, and him betraying her means that he sold her as a shifcha. So now that even though she came back to her father, her father's not allowed to sell her again because he betrayed her once already by selling her. And the Gemara further explains, my what's my is over here? Reb Lezor, so Reb Lezor holds Yesh Emlem Cyrus. That we give primacy. That's what the word A means. We give the main focus to the Messiahs. What's the Messiahs? The way the word is written. And since the word Bevigdai is written without a Yud, we would not read it with a Yud as Bevigdai if it didn't have that Nakuda there. The Messiahs would tell us to read it as Bevagdai, as Lashon of Bagad, to betray. Whereas Rabbi Kiva saw Rabbi Kiva holds Yashem Lamikra, we give primacy to the way that it's pronounced. And since we know that the Nakudais in the Torah tell us to pronounce it as Bevigdai, so we understand as Lashon of Beged, as in Vatispaseu Bevigdai, talking about the wife of Petifar when she grabbed Yosef's Beged. And Rabbi Shimon saw Rabbi Shimon holds Yashem and Mikra Ulamasiras, and that's why Shimon holds the father can't sell his daughter after he married her off or after he sold her already. And so here we see the Machlekas Tanakam and Reb Shimon is the same Machlekas, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Lazar. Now we get into the discussion of Yud, by Rabbar Vua, Yud Nisun Isa, Erisin Isa. When the master does Yud to his Amma Ivriya, is this Nisuin or is it just Erisin? Nafkamina, what's the difference? Is he able to Yarshin her, become Tamitar if he's a Kayin, and is able to make for Nadarim? If it's Nisuin, so he's able to do all these things. If it's Erisin, so he's not able to do all these things. My, what's the halacha? So we have an attempted raya, Tashma. We just brought this brisa that says, And according to Bekiva, what does this mean? Kimisha appears to Lisa once he spread his talus over her, the father is not allowed to sell her anymore. Now, what do we learn from here? The father is not allowed to sell his daughter anymore. That's mashma, that he is allowed to be miyayed her, which over here means he is allowed to give her over for kiddushin. Now, if you have Nisuin, I saw, if you want to say that Yud accomplishes Nisuin, Kim says, once she went through Nisuin already, so her father doesn't have any Roshos over her anymore. We know that once a father marries his daughter off completely, not just kiddushin, but Nisuin, so even if her husband divorces her or dies, and she's still young enough that her father would technically be able to marry her off, she's already out of her father's Rishos. So, Allah Shemaminah, It must be that we learn that Yud is Erison and not Nisuin because we see that the father could marry her off again. So, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, no. Over here, we're talking about just regular Kiddushin. And this price that we just had before that we quoted now trying to bring a Raya, we're not talking about the father selling her and then the master marrying her. We're talking about the father just giving her over for Kiddushin. This is what the price is saying. Since the father gave her over to someone who's Chayv in She'er Ksus and Aina, which is regular marital obligations, so then he's not allowed to sell her anymore. So we don't have a raya from this b'risa. The Gemara tops another raya, Tashma. A b'risa tells us, the father is not allowed to sell her to relatives that are not allowed to marry her. For example, the father is not allowed to sell her to his father or to his son because they can't marry her, they can't do yud. However, Mishim Reb Lezer, Amri, and then Reb Lezer, they said, you could sell her to Krivim. And here's the part of the b'risa we're going to try to bring the raya from. Vishavin, they both agree, that he could sell her as an almana to Kain Gadol, or if she's a Grusha or a Chalutza, he could sell her to Kain Hedyat. Now, how almana hechidami? What's this case of an almana that he's allowed to sell his daughter, who's an almana, to a kain gadol. Now, this is even though we know that a kain gadol is not allowed to marry an almana. So, if you want to say that she accepted kedushin for herself, and then her aras died, and her father is now selling her to kain gadol, almana karila, are we going to call her an almana? She's not able to accept kedushin for herself when she's a katana, so she's not an almana at all. So, Vela, the kitchen, you want to say that her father accepted kedushin for her, and then her aras died, and that's why she's considered almana. Well, in that case, me matim zabinla is her father allowed to sell her behind adam meicher as bitul shifchas acher ishos. A person is not allowed to sell his daughter as a shifcha after he married her off already. And if Amr of Amr Amr of Yitzchak, he answers what's this talking about? This is talking about where she was Mukudashas through Yod. This according to Kedushin that says that the original money that was paid for her was not given for Kedushin. Meaning when a master does Yod to his Amma Ivriya, it's not based off of the money that he paid for her originally. Rather, what does he do? He releases her from her service, which is worth money, and that's considered like she's receiving money. And if she now becomes widowed or divorced from him, her father is allowed to sell her again.
again because he's not considered to have married her off. She married herself off, so to speak. Now, Viyama Nisuin, I saw, if you want to say that Yud accomplishes Nisuin, Kimushani says, Shobain love Yerushospa. Well, since she got married, her father doesn't have any Yerushos over her anymore. It must be that Yud only accomplishes Erosin, and then her master, who now became her husband, died. So now she's an Almana, but her father's still allowed to sell her to Kain Gadol because her father wasn't the one who accepted Kiddushin for her. As we just explained, she accepted Kiddushin for herself. Again, so to speak, it's not really Kiddushin, it's just Yud. Ask the Gemara, hold on a second, Vela, my Erosin, I saw. So you want to say, like we just explained, that Yud only accomplishes Erosin? Well, we still have a problem because the Brisa says, Vishav and that they both agree that he is allowed to sell her to Kain Gadol. But how is that possible? A person's not allowed to sell a dar as a shevcha after she got married. And Elamayas Chalameimar, so what do you want to say? That Shani Erisin, Didama Erisin, Davia? That when she becomes an Arusa, meaning Yud was done to her by her master, that's different when she becomes an Arusa through her father? Well, then if we're going to say that, we should say as follows. Afilu Tame Nisuin, I saw, even if you want to say that Yud accomplishes Nisuin, I could still make this differentiation. Shani Nisuin, Didama Nisuin, Davia. Then Nisuin that she accomplished through Yud is different than Nisuin of her father. And even though when her father marries her off, she leaves his Rishos completely, why don't we say that Nisuin through Yud is not going to make her leave her father's Rishos? In other words, to make this question simple, the Gemara is asking the if you say that her becoming Mu'edes allows her father to sell her because he's not involved in that process, then who cares if Yud creates Erisin or even Yisuin? The father is not involved, so he should still be allowed to sell her. So Gemara says, no, that's not true. Hi, my. What is this? Meaning, why are you trying to compare Erisin and Yisuin? Erisin, Erisin, Shani. We understand one type of Erisin could be different than a different type of Erisin. Her becoming an Arusa through Yud is different than her father making her an Arusa. But El Nisuin, Yisuin, Yud has off on top. Mishani, is one type of Nisuin different than a different type? No. Nisuin means she leaves her father's just completely and she goes into somebody else's rishos completely. And so therefore, we're able to say that Yud accomplishing Erisin is different than her father making her an Arusa, and therefore the only way to explain this memra, that he's allowed to sell his daughter, who's an Almana, to a Kain Gadol, must be referring to where she became an Almana through Yud, and that's something that her father has nothing to do with, so therefore he's able to sell her, and it also must be that Yud only accomplishes Erisin and not Nisuin, because if it accomplished Nisuin, then her father would not be able to sell her. Now the Gemara just clarifies one point, that he says, that even that the original money that the master paid for her, that is considered Kiddushin, meaning when he's miyayed her later on, he's using the money that he paid for her a long time prior to be that Kiddushin. So in my Mukim law, how could we explain this, Brisa? How is her father able to sell her as an Almana to Kain Gadol if it's like her father already accepted Kiddushin for her? The Gemara answers, Mukim law, Rebbe Lezer. We explain it like Rebbe Lezer. That he tells us that the father is not allowed to sell his daughter as a Shifcha if he already sold her as a Shifcha. But he is allowed to sell her as a shifcha after Ishos. And since the first time he sold her as a shifcha, it turns out that she married her master. So that's really just considered Ishos. So therefore, he's allowed to sell her as a shifcha to the Kain Gadol because it's really considered just the first time him selling her as a shifcha, not the second time. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about Yud. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.